Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the program again today. Thank you for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule to be uh, sharing this time with us. And we trust you're tuning in every week at the same time. Uh, we've been sharing some things over this holiday season from the Christmas story. And uh, this will be, I think, the third segment on uh, some of the things we're sharing from the Christmas story. If you'd like to uh, go back and listen to some of the stuff that we aired prior to this, or any of our programs for that matter, uh, everything that we have aired to date is archived on YouTube, and you can go back and watch it at your leisure and pick up anything. I think there's over 450 programs that we have aired there, and they are dated and when they were aired. You can uh, go back there and watch them at your leisure. There's also a podcast that we have on iTunes that has the audio portions of this, and there is also an RSS feed for your Android device if you'd like to go back and listen to that uh, through uh, your Android device. The easiest way to do that and the simplest way is simply to go to my website at lynnhiles.com and there are little icons at the top uh, corner of our website that if you just tap it, it will take you directly to our YouTube page, to our podcast. You can sign up for the YouTube page and the podcast is totally free of charge and it will notify you every time that there is a new program that has been uploaded. You can also go to my public profile on Facebook, which is Lynn Hiles Ministries, and like our page, and we normally post our program there also, where you can follow us and like us if you, if you do. Uh, we can you know even have some contact with you there a little bit if you'd like to uh, do that. Also wanted to say that, it, of course, it is getting close to Christmas. Not sure whether this will be uh, enough time or not, but if you'd like to order some stopping, stocking stuffers, I think sometimes the best thing we can give is gifts. I always like it when I, I get books and different things like that that I can just enjoy throughout the year. But all of our books are there on the website as well as a lot of our audio series and and uh, videos and stuff like that. But you can go and order these books. The Revelation of Jesus Christ is a book about Jesus Christ from the book of Revelation. It is John's letters to the seven churches. And uh, what I do in this book especially is talk about uh, how that he tells the seven churches that there are some things they need to repent about. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you need to get saved. It means you need to change the way you think. And I believe that most of the stuff he told them to change their mind about was what would help them shift from an old covenant paradigm to a new covenant paradigm. This book will bless you. If you've been afraid of the book of Revelation, you need to get this because it'll take the fear out for you. My second book is titled Unforced Rhythms of Grace, and it is from the Message Bible, Matthew 11, where he said, Are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, see how I do it, and I will teach you the unforced rhythm of grace. This book talks about the grace of God that flows from rest. It will really bless you as well. And my latest book, which has only been out about a month and a half, uh, soon to be an audio book as well, is called From Law to Grace, A Kingdom Paradigm Shift. And what we talk about in this book is that we are no longer under law. But we are just because we are not under law does not mean we are lawless. 
Uh, we are under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And while we are not under the government of death written on stone, according to Corinthians 3, we are under the government of living spirit. The kingdom of God is a present reality. This book, I believe, is one of the most important pieces of work I have done to date because it brings some answers very practically to those who have heard the message of grace and don't know uh, how that affects you in the New Covenant. Those books are available and they would be a blessing to you. We're going to get back in the Word today in this segment. Uh, we're sharing again from the Christmas story, and we're sharing from Luke chapter 2. We're going to try to make some concluding remarks here today on uh, the Christmas story. But it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God on the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that as the angels were going away from them into heaven, the shepherds and one said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem to see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in their heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now I don't know if I'll get any further than this today, but let me just kind of recap some things I've said, bring this to some kind of conclusion, because I think we're pretty close to Christmas right now when this is being aired. The very first thing that really caught my attention was that, uh, that this season uh, I became acutely aware of the fact that it's taxing time in people's lives. One of the things that sooner or later happens in every person's life is there's a time of taxing. And I, I realize that he's talking here in terms of financial taxes. But I just begin to see the climate of what was going on here and the principles of what happened during this that so spoke to me for this season because it says that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now, uh, probably during this season, and even the Christmas season, 
people either are extremely happy or sometimes extremely sad. There's a, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of uh, depression, a lot of, of suicide, a lot of different things that happen during this season. And perhaps for you, this is a season and a time of great taxing. The first thing I want to reiterate and say to you again, and I've said it for the past couple of weeks, is the taxing is not coming from God. God is not the source of your pain. Most of the time it's either bad decisions, the enemy, physical problems, or just circumstances beyond your control. But the thing that really began to speak to me was that during taxing time, what it did to Mary and Joseph is it forced them to get to leave uh, to, to leave Galilee and to leave Nazareth, which meant the place of repetitive cycles and the place of self-preservation mode. And it made them get out of their comfort zone and find the house of their lineage. In other words, it'll make you find out who you really are during taxing time with surface. What she discovered and what you need to discover is that when you are born again, you too are of the house and lineage of David. You've got royal blood pumping through your veins. And when you are in a season of taxing time, you know what's amazing? Again, I said this in the first segment I did. The angel of the Lord appears to Mary and says, Hail thou that art highly favored. Well, favor don't always look like favor, evidently, because, I mean, she's, the Lord's telling her, you're highly favored. And man, I mean, her life sure did not necessarily look like favor at the time, because now she's being uh, ostracized, marginalized, and treated as if she's an unwed mother. And even Joseph, her espoused husband, is about to put her away privately. It don't look like favor. <laughs> but favor don't always look like favor, but that ain't the end of God's story. What Mary does is she gets up and finds somebody that can identify with what she's going through, and she goes and finds Elizabeth. Sometimes in this season that you're in, in your life, you need to get around some folk from your tribe that's going to speak some things into your life that's going to cause the baby to leap in your womb, and it's going to cause things to begin to come alive. And when Mary, or when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, she said it made the baby leap in her womb. See, what you've got to do is you've got to find yourself in the house of God somewhere where somebody's saying something will make your baby leap. It'll make something inside of you come alive. The promises of God that God had over your life to begin to be ignited and come alive. That's what was happening in the life of Elizabeth. She had been declared to be barren. So it's this season looks like favor for her because it looks like she who was barren is now going to have a child. And it, it don't look like favor to Mary, but it's the same season because she looks like an unwed mother. What are you saying, Dr. House? I'm saying that depending on where you're at, favor may look different to different people. But I'm telling you that the thing that God's about to do is to birth something right in the midst of taxing time that's going to create, I believe, a powerful demonstration of His power where it's going to become evident that favor really is favor. And I shared with you in the first segment how that when he said, Thou art highly favored, the only other place in the Scripture where that uh, same Greek phrase is used is where he says, Thou, uh, he says, You are accepted in the Beloved. So the same phrase, Thou art highly favored, is the phrase, You are accepted in the Beloved. So here's some good news for you during taxing time. You're accepted in the Beloved. You're highly favored. It may not look like favor. 
I think about Joseph. I think how he was got a coat of many colors. He had the favor of the father on his life. And the moment the father put the coat of many colors on his life and he went and told his brothers the dream, his favor sure didn't look like favor because he ended up in a pit. He ended up in Potiphar's house. He ended up in prison. But that was not the end of the story. What are you saying, Brother House? I'm trying to tell you, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Favor's on your life. It may not look like favor, but favor's on your life. Hallelujah. Because it wasn't long until Joseph and the dream that he had brought him into the palace where the favor of God then began to manifest. But see, Joseph had favor when he was in Potiphar's house. He might not have had the favor of his brothers, but he had the favor in Potiphar's house. And then he had favor in the prison. God even gave him favor. When favor's on you, it don't matter where you're at. Your circumstances do not dictate the favor of God that's on your life. And it's not an accident that one of the first messages that Jesus ever preaches, about two chapters from this in the book of Luke, he stands up and says, the Spirit of the God, of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel. One of the things He says at the end of that message is to declare the year of the favor of our God. And so favor doesn't always look like favor, but don't quit in the midst of it because that which is born and birthed out of the midst of these taxing times, I'm even convinced that the great stress on our nation and the great stress politically and the great stress that's on a global level is nothing more than birth pains as God is about to give birth, I believe, to some things that are going to change the course of human history. Now that don't mean we don't get engaged in what's going on. That means we need to find ourselves in this season instead of in, in Nazareth and instead of Galilee and the repetitive cycles is what those names mean and self-preservation mode, we need to find ourselves in the house of bread and, and the house of Judea and find our true lineage and DNA is in Christ because of who we are in Him. The second thing I want to point out to you is that while they were uh, taxing time, they were at that same season after she brought forth her firstborn son, there were in that same country shepherds. To me, this speaks of pastors. This, to me, really prophetically, I hope you're following how I'm, how I'm connecting these thoughts. But these shepherds, to me, speak of pastors who, during the time of taxing, are in the same country, abiding in the field, and watching over their flocks by night. In other words, there are seasons when even as a pastor or a shepherd, you are watching your flock by the night season. One of the things that really stuck out to me when I read this before we came on camera is they were abiding in the field. They stayed in their assignment. I say to preachers all the time, what's going to ultimately make you successful is not trying to be like somebody else or do what you saw somebody else do or to cut and paste what you saw work for them. It's to stay in your assignment. When you stay in your assignment and you stay in your message and you stay in your field, sometimes I think we're ready to jump ship and find another field and another flock. And the truth of it is, he, says they, he said they, they were abiding in the field and they were keeping watch over their flocks 
by night. It was in the night season. They didn't have a whole lot of revelation about what's going on. But right in the midst of that, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord began to shine round about them. They were sore afraid, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be upon all people, which shall be to all people. Right in the midst of this season of darkness, and in this season where shepherds are watching their flocks by night, God begins to deliver a message to pastors. Listen to me. If you're a pastor, listen to me a minute. If the message you're preaching is not a message of good tidings, then turn the news off and get a hold of the good news. Stop looking at what the devil's doing and how big the enemy is and magnify the Lord with me. Don't be like the ten spies where all you can do is look at the dark season, the taxing time, and how bad it is. But begin to declare a message of good tidings, of great joy, because he's revealing his heart right here. And he said, it's not just going to be to a few, it's going to be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I believe the reason it was assigned to them is a couple things. Number one, if you're a shepherd, you're watching your flocks by night. And all of a sudden you begin to get a glimpse of the glory of the Lord. And your message begins to shift from bad news to good news. And you begin to declare some great tidings, some good news that's going to be to all people. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to find out that Mary brought forth this son, Jesus, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And I said, God, why did she lay him in a manger? And the Lord just whispered in my ear and said, because it's a feed trough. And what I'm saying to pastors and to shepherds is, this is what I want you to feed your people on. I want you to feed them on Jesus. I want you to feed them a steady diet on behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One of the segments we just finished, we talked about feeding on the Lamb. And when they ate the Lamb in Egypt, they were delivered from the bondage of Egypt. And again, he said, this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes uh, and you know, one of the things I shared again in one of a prior segment was uh, one of the ladies in our church taught a message back last year, and she talked about how that uh, when Jesus was born and they laid him in a manger, there was actually a place where Mary went. There was no room for them at the end, but they went to this place called the Tower of the Flock. And this place called the Tower of the Flock, I think you could probably look it up, I believe on Wikipedia, I'm not sure, but uh, the, the Tower of the Flock was where the, the shepherds would take their, uh, their lambs or their, their sheep that were great with child, and they would take them to the Tower of the Flock because this is where the unblemished and spotless lambs would be born. And they would be birthed, and they would literally wrap these lambs, these newborn lambs, they would wrap them up in swaddling clothes and lay them in manger so that they couldn't kick and beat themselves up and become blemished. And so Jesus, if this is not a sign, <laughs> I mean, what a powerful sign of Passover to be. All of this stuff to me is so, so unique how God so orchestrated this stuff. 
Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes because he was to be a lamb without spot, without blemish, or any such thing. And then, you know, I think about another place where he talked about a sign, and he said that he talked about a sign uh, in the book of Isaiah. And he said, I'm going to give you a sign. And that sign is, behold, a virgin will conceive. That was the sign. What he was saying to this generation is, what Isaiah prophesied was coming is right here in front of you. And while it may seem like you're in a night season and during taxing time, he begins to declare right in the midst of those circumstances, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, saving you not just so you can go to heaven one day. That's included in the package but saving you because what God's intention was not just for heaven. He began to declare to them, here's what my intention is, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That's the heart of God towards His creation, is to bring peace on earth and goodwill to men. And I think that's incredible stuff there. They, this, this, uh, it, it's telling shepherds what to feed their people. It's telling them, men, bring your flocks to this manger. Feed them on a steady diet. No wonder the Apostle Paul would say, I profess to know nothing among you but Christ and Him crucified. Paul was determined to know nothing among you but Christ. To feed them on a steady diet of lamb. Because he knows that's what will bring deliverance in your life is when you feed on those things. And then the next verse says, And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. Now all of a sudden there's some suddenlies that begin to happen. Right in the midst of while you're feeding on this lamb, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude. You know, I kind of think back you know, when we were preaching the finished work and the gospel of grace and the new covenant, whatever you want to term it, and there was not a lot of people that were preaching at the time. And then all of a sudden, man, God began to raise up voices. And, uh, you know, men, men of God like Joseph Prince and men like me and men like Andrew Womack, I hope they wouldn't mind me mentioning their name. Of course, Joseph Prince was really a real help in helping us to get on uh, TV and uh, actually helped us and uh, partnered with our ministry in the first year we were on. But as we begin to watch over the last eight years, it's not just a handful or a pocket of people preaching good news. Now all of a sudden the gospel of grace and the gospel of favor and feeding people on the finished work of Jesus is a worldwide phenomenon. And suddenly there was with these few shepherds who were watching their flock by night, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest, releasing in the earth a message of good tidings, of great joy that was to be with all people. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden these shepherds begin to, uh, you know, they begin to just take that message and they went into their own countries and they begin to tell the good news of what had just happened. You come on into the next chapter, there's an old shuffling prophet by the name of Simeon 
who was waiting on the consolation of Israel. And God promised Simeon, said, you won't taste death until you've seen the Lord's Christ. And one day, the Bible says in the next chapter that when he came, the days were accomplished that the child should be circumcised, and time of purification was there. Mary went up to the temple to do the sacrifices that were required under the covenant of Moses. And this old shuffling prophet by the name of Simeon, who was waiting on the consolation of Israel. He came by the Holy Ghost. He didn't get a text message. He didn't get an Instagram. He didn't get a Facebook post. The Holy Ghost said to him, you better get up to the temple today because what you've been waiting on is about to show up. And that day Simeon went in. Simeon's name means hearing or he who hears. I believe there's a people in the earth right now are truly hearing what God has been saying, are about to embrace and hold in their hands the manifestation of the favor of God. And as he begins to go up, the Bible says, And Mary came that day, and when she laid eight pounds of God in the flesh, if you will, in the arms of that old shuffling prophet, he lifted that child up, and he said, This one shall be for the rise and fall of many that are in Israel. And then the next part of it says, And coming in that instant, Anna, who was a woman of great age waiting on the consolation of Israel as well, I think it's not an accident that Anna's name means grace. Because the instant that we hold Jesus up, and we lift Jesus up, and we make Him glorious in the eyes of the people, coming in that instant, the grace of God appears in an instant. That's when grace comes on the scene. I just want to just tell you today that I believe that we're living in those moments of suddenly. When God is shifting some stuff, we can look, you know, our nation really is at a time of great taxing. There is divisiveness and hatred and division and separations everywhere. But in the midst of it, in the midst of it, it was just like it was in the Bible days. Somebody came on the scene with a message of peace on earth and goodwill to men. That in the midst of taxing time, you can make a change. You can leave the house of, 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 of Galilee and Nazareth, and you can come to the house of bread where you can feed on something that will shift things in your life. This can be a time of great turnaround for you in your life today, for your family, for your ministry, for your church. What are you feeding the people of God on, Pastor? What do you got in the manger? Are you feeding them on news reports and politics and self-help methods? Are you feeding them on a steady diet of lamb? Because if you get enough lamb in their belly, it'd be like the children of Israel at midnight. They'll get up and say, I can't live in this bondage anymore. And change will begin to take place. If that's happening in your heart today, receive it. And receive that from Jesus today. Turn your life around. We're about out of time. We want to wish you a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas to you and a happy new year. Tune in with us constantly. Follow our ministry. If you'd like to sow a seed into the ministry, tax-deductible gift before the season comes to a close, please do it by calling the number on the screen. Someone will take your credit card or debit card, or you can go to our website. There's a place where you can give via PayPal or credit card, and you can also write a check or money order. Send it to the address that will come on the screen to Lynn House Ministries, and we will thank you for it. It's what helps us take the gospel 
around the world. Good tidings of great joy to all people. God bless you. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.